Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 163 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. You are joining us today for an episode all about detox with real food. So just like the word keto, there are so many kind of right and wrong ways to do a nutritional detox. So in this episode, we'll be breaking down food as medicine ways to support your body's detoxification process on a daily basis, as well as information on the functional and biochemical pathways of your body and why you should consider a 10-day detox as just a quarterly or semi-annual at a minimum approach for maintenance. Yes, I am super excited to dive into this topic, and I feel it is such an important one in the keto world as well, especially in individuals that have seen weight loss success, but now have hit a stall, or really regardless of keto, anyone who's on a weight loss journey. We discussed in episode 84 the importance of detox with keto and really discussed the influence of when the body loses fat those adipocytes or those body fat cells also release the toxins that they were holding. And many of the toxins in our body's fat are held there to actually protect our vital organs. You know, so the body gets over bombarded with toxins on a daily basis. We'll explain that in today's episode again. But one of your body's defense mechanisms is to store those toxins in fat. So when you go forward with successful weight loss and you start to release those toxins that were once kind of buried in your fat stores, many individuals start to have endocrine or hormone disrupting influences within their body. So they may all of a sudden start to deal with insulin resistance or estrogen dominance or sleep disturbances, mood disturbances, and so much more. And this is where we can really see a crux of dysfunction or imbalance in the body and weight regain or other metabolic errors in the body. So definitely go on over and check out that episode, which again is episode number 84, The Importance of Detox with Keto, as well as episode 18 and 19, which are way back in the archives. <laughs> like, I can't believe we're 163 today. Uh, so those are way back for a little detox 101. But today I'll make sure that Becky and I thoroughly get into the foundations today as well. So you don't have to go into the forever ago archives of scrolling on <laughs> your device to find them. Totally. And if this stuff sounds like that's me or I need it, we have strategically timed this episode to fall just prior to Thanksgiving. And we're going to be doing a community 10-day detox to kick off on Tuesday, December 3rd through Thursday, December 12th, which is going to be a great way to just kind of pick up after any potential overindulgence over the Thanksgiving weekend and keep you accountable so you don't just kind of like slump or roll literally or figuratively um, into Hanukkah, Christmas holiday season. 
Yes, most definitely. And, you know, you may need to navigate a holiday party over the weekend or so during that 10-day window, but we are confident that you will thank us when you end your year feeling amazing in your body versus out of control, bloated, frustrated. We've all been there. Yes. And so Allie has generously offered to do a free detox webinar that Monday, December 2nd. It'll be in the evening. Do we have a time set yet? Ellie, is it 7 I think 7 p.m. I think 7 p.m. But I'll include the details and the link to register in this episode's show notes so you can grab a spot. um, And we'll also be sharing on social media with swipes. And it gets better. We are also going to be offering 30% off all detox supplement packs starting on Monday, November 25th, as an early Black Friday deal. And that deal will go all the way through Monday, December 2nd, or until we sell out um, so that you have your supplements to support a true medical grade detox and get real results. Yes. When we kind of back looked at our calendar and figured out shipping dates, rather than just offering the 30% off all detox supplements as a Black Friday deal, which is what it's positioned to be. So you're welcome. It's early. (laughs) We figured with shipping and holiday timeline that it's better that you all jump on this now. So again, we will make this discount live at like, you know, midnight Sunday evening going into Monday morning. And um, I highly encourage you order it really by like Tuesday or Wednesday. We only have a hundred packs and there are, you know, over 15,000 listeners of you guys. So Uh, make sure you grab it quick. Um, And then if they do sell out, you can still most definitely participate in the webinar and we will be reordering them. But uh, just wanted to make sure that we have at least this hundred packs to go out for you guys that are really diehard and want to join on the 10 day active detox that Becky and I will be doing from Tuesday, December 3rd through December 12th. And again, the accountability and the timeline is very strategic and better than waiting until January to kind of ring out and reset. Totally. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm already feeling (laughs) all of the holiday goodness and indulgence and, you know, a little bit of extra wine here and there and all the things. (laughs) Yes. Always good to have discipline and community accountability for sure. So before we get deeper into detox, what it is, why you need to do it, let's have a word from today's opening sponsor, Harper and Soul Provisions. So Harper and Soul Provisions makes fat-fueled, nutrient-rich, savory, and lightly sweetened granolas. And really, they aren't granolas, they're nutnolas, or however we'd like to say that. They are made with whole real food ingredients all small batch, fresh from scratch, and use anti-inflammatory, antioxidant-rich spices. You'll learn about the importance of these things with your detox process soon. All of the products are non-GMO and always free of gluten, grains, dairy, soy, corn, or any highly processed oils or refined sugars. You know that I am not a fan of any non-caloric sweeteners, so these fat-fueled snacks maintain keto-friendly status as far as their macros by still using whole food sweeteners for a subtle natural sweetness and maintaining still that channel savory approach. So go on over to harperandsoulprovisions.com, use the code Allie15, and you will get 15% off any order of two bags or larger. I've been providing these as snacks along my book tour, and everyone's been loving them. The four featured flavors that are available now are cardamom coconut, rosemary maple, really fantastic going into the holiday season, ginger snap as well, and uh, my favorite, which is turmeric cracked pepper. So again, harperandsoulprovisions.com, Alley 15 to save on two bags or more. 
Yes, we got a lot of good feedback on the Houston events where we were giving those out this weekend. And I was lucky enough to snag a couple of the sample sizes for myself. So I'm pretty <laughs> pumped about that. <laughs> All right. Um, so like you said, episodes 18 and 19 were way, way, way back that do delve further into detox. But I think because it's been so long, we should just do a total refresh on why the body needs extra detox support in general, because I think this is um, an area of, of debate, maybe not in the functional medicine real, uh, realm, but certainly in conventional medicine, I often hear, oh, you have a liver and kidneys for a reason, and you know your body has everything it needs to detox, but why do we need extra support, especially in this day and age? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and it's like, you know, my answer with functional medicine, again, is always like, well, we're looking to be upstream. We're looking to provide an abundance of the nutrients that drive these biochemical processes that yes, are supported by the liver and the kidneys. But today's society, we're just all significantly more taxed than we've ancestrally, you know, evolved to be as human beings. You know, when the liver and kidneys and our anatomy and physiology were set, we weren't dealing with 6 billion pounds of toxins released on our environment every year. So, you know, just as we get an oil change to to, you know, support the vehicle of our car or the vehicle, I guess, we want to really prevent our engines from clogging up and getting burned out. It's important that we look at this same approach as a way to upregulate the natural detoxifying processes of the body. So we can get exogenous and endogenous toxins. So exogenous means coming from the outside. These are toxins that are coming in through our food, our air, our water supply, our beauty cosmetics, our household agents like cleaners, uh, pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, which are you know runoff in the water, but also in any foods that we eat, bacteria, mold, artificial colorings, flavorants, uh, mercury as a byproduct in many compounds, binders, fillers, and then chosen exogenous toxins like alcohol and, and such. And then um, even medications can serve as toxins to these biochemical processes of detoxification. So the higher the medication list, the higher the demand on the body. We see dust, pollen, smoke. Uh, we see metals in our environment, uh, deodorants, fla flavor enhancers, and fragrances. And then there are endogenous toxins. Um, you know, so, I mean, we could do an entire episode on like, you know, the chemicals within your mattress, those within your VOC, vol volatile organic compounds in your paints and in your inhalants, right? So even if you're eating a hundred percent organic diet, eating only grass fed pasture raised proteins and wild caught fish and shopping at your farmer's market, you still are being influenced by the toxic industrialized society that we all live in. Unfortunately, it's a dirty world. Totally. Guys. Dirty <laughs> so, world. If you're scared <laughs> by all of this. <laughs> yeah. Those are all exogenous. Yes. And then there are endogenous toxins. So these are toxins that are produced within your body. This can be based on imbalance in the microbiome. You know, so if there is bacteria or yeast overgrowth in the body, if you have genetic SNPs or, you know, in, inborn errors of metabolism and you're not getting rid of byproducts of drugs or foods. If you have food sensitivities or allergies, you're going to be producing more endogenous toxins or inflammatory compounds. So we're getting bombarded both on the outside and basically we're exposed to toxins through any orifice, right? So 
our skin can be pulling toxins in, you know, that's going to be that uh, dermatological tissue. And we know that skin is a delivery system for the body. That's why a lot of like hormone will use skin as a delivery. Um, we know anything that we put in our mouth is going to be a delivery. Anything that we breathe in is a delivery, our eyes. And so again, we're exposed pretty chronically on a daily basis. Totally. So it's all around us all the time. And, you know, there are things we can do to certainly mitigate in our environment. I'm sure we'll get a little bit into that today. Um, but let's talk about what the influence of these toxins can be on the body if left unchecked or, or not supported. Yeah. I mean, I, I see pretty broad influence and we can break it down to neurological, I think is the strongest research that we see. Uh, you know, we're finally seeing companies like Monsanto getting getting sued for millions. And I think actually there was a billion somewhere in their lawsuit, uh, but millions of dollars based on their Roundup chemical because glyphosate, uh, which is used in these genetically modified crops and really just as an agricultural chemical application, um, glyphosate has now been deemed as a known neurotoxin. And now we're starting to be able to see actually ramifications on uh, corporate level of impact on cancer. So neurological conditions can include cancer. We can include ADHD that affects you know, all cycles of life, starting with our children. Uh, we can see in the neurological scope, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, also Alzheimer's, cognitive decline, mood instability could be incorporated within neurological dysfunction. So anxiety, depression, irregular mood, cognitive decline, memory issues, that's all in a bank of impact from toxins. Then we can think of structural and inflammatory. So structural, we would think of like uh, skin concerns, uh, joint. So, so skin concerns could be like rashes or dermatological issues like acne even. Uh, we can look at really any dermatological concern, eczema, psoriasis, all that can be tied to toxic overload in the body. Joint pain, uh, issues with myalgias like muscle aches and wasting, uh, tendinitis, really any inflammatory process within our structural body could be tied to uh, taxation on the detoxification process or an overload of toxins in the body. Then we can also see endo, endocrinological, so our endocrine system, if we're speaking to our thyroid, our sexual hormone balance, like estrogen dominance can be tied to uh, toxin overload, as well as impotence or low testosterone levels, libido issues, infertility is a huge one that we see, especially highly associated in agricultural communities, which get higher runoff from these pesticides, insecticides, and such. Uh, insulin resistance and diabetes we see as a huge impact from toxin overload. Uh, so all of our blood sugar metabolism, which then drives body fat gain and metabolism, right? So we can ha have impact with obesity based on toxin overload. Uh, any big ones? I'm, and then, and then um, autoimmune conditions would be another one. So the immune system really gets bombarded when there's higher toxin presence in the body that really distracts the immunological process and puts it in kind of a chronic overdrive battle mode. So any world, whether we're talking lupus, uh, all the way through, you know, Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, you name it, autoimmune conditions can definitely be exacerbated by toxins. 
it's really a, a very broad spectrum of conditions. And I'll make sure that I link to a couple of relevant episodes that we've done in the past. Um, one specifically on endocrine disruptors. I don't remember the title yes. or the, <laughs> the number of it off the top of my head, but I'll include it in our show notes, um, as well as a couple on um, skin and, and um, kind of some of the topical application. Yes. And I think some of the most, like, so there's remarkable medical conditions, of course, that, that I've mentioned. Um, and some other ones that I just, I guess neurological would also include like chronic headaches and migraines, but that's one to definitely call out. I would say where we see huge turnkey outcomes from doing a successful medically supported detox, as well as just kind of a generalized state of uh, fatigue, low energy or chronic fatigue. And that kind of goes also in that like brain fog memory. But when we're doing so much work now on the adrenals, like with our adrenal rehab program, remember that toxins serve as a systemic stressor. So anything really within even the whole world of HPA access, which can incorporate gastrointestinal distress, again, more susceptibility to food sensitivity, all of this can come back down to one of the underlying mechanisms of toxin overload. Totally. And we do have a quiz that I think I can make available for you guys, but (laughs) the answer is probably you do need a detox. If you haven't done one before, um, or if it's been a while, um, since your last detox, just because all of us are exposed and and bombarded, like Ali said, to this like 6 billion plus pounds of toxins, you know, yearly. Um, let's talk a little bit about detoxification pathways and, and kind of what the process in our body is supposed to look like. Yes. So I think that this is the part where, uh, like mainstream medicine doesn't really connect the dots and it's so wild to me because it's just known medical literature. Like it's actually in most textbooks. Um, but again, kind of the conventional medical model is just that, okay, this is a biochemical pathway in the liver. This is a biochemical pathway of conjugation or sulfonylation. This is what it does without asking what supports it and what uh, would hinder it. And that's where functional medicine is very different. So first kind of understanding, and I think that most conventional medicine doesn't spend more than a half of a class. And and I don't mean a course, I mean a a class, like a day (laughs) in that classroom, uh, you know, really focusing on these pathways, but there's two well-known and well-documented biochemical reactions within detoxification. And the first phase requires the metabolical, uh, the metabolic compounds of oxidation, reduction, hydrolysis, which means making something water soluble, hydration, and all of these phase one reactions require a variety of different nutrients. Phase one of detoxification is really known as the activation of toxins, and it occurs in the liver in the presence of oxygen and enzyme pathways. So the main impact in phase one of detoxification is converting a fat soluble toxin to be water soluble. So the main enzyme pathways that are considered within the phase one detoxification are the cytochrome P450 enzymes. So we know in now pharmacological research, all drugs are basically metabolized through different P450 enzyme pathways. 
And so that plays a huge role in this clearance, right? Basically, if you think of like a wheel, the the liver with this phase one activity is what starts to kind of drive the excretion process. And within that excretion process is that conversion. Totally. And and even even going further down the rabbit hole, I don't think we need to get into it today, but the area of, you know, um, genetic testing, I think is starting to show us that many of us have SNPs on these pathways and that um, may influence how we clear toxins differently in the body. Yes. And within this phase one enzyme activity, it's both, again, the conversion from fat soluble to water soluble. It's also where we start to activate toxins. And this is a really important point to remember that I'll I'll revisit once I get into the explanation of phase two. But in phase one, we're looking at supporting liver function. Um, So you'll see in the naturally nourished uh, detox packs, there will be milk thistle seed, which cimilarin um, has been shown in study after study to support hepatocytes or our liver cells. Um, Very important compound that we use when we're looking for liver support. Uh, We also like to support bile flow because bile is going to drive the conjugation process, which is going to help in the gathering of toxins and also kind of upregulate just liver activity in general. So we're starting to look at like um, lemon, we're looking at olive oil during this phase, we're looking at leafy greens and and bitter alkaloids because those stimulate that bile flow in the body. And uh, we're looking at hydration, as I mentioned a couple of times, both to turn that water solubility, but also to drive more of that flow in the body, more of that lymphatic movement. Um, So phase one is pretty much activation. Now, biochemical phase two of detoxification requires sulfuration, gluconidation, um, conjugation, and methylation. Methylation is probably the most known of these terms. And uh, phase two of detoxification is really the encapsulation and starting to work on the process of actual removal. So think of phase one as conversion and activation, phase two as encapsulation and excretion. And in the phase two reaction enzymes, we're requiring, as you heard from the first word, sulfonoration, a lot of sulfur containing amino acids and antioxidants. So this is where things like glycine and cysteine and um, glutathione become really important. And we'll break down uh, as we progress into today's episode, food as medicine sources of all of these things. But uh, basically big picture in phase two We're thinking of this as a way to encapsulate and excrete those once activated toxins. So in phase one, we're activating. And the big thing that's important to be mindful of is within that phase one activity, if you lack phase two enzymes, or if you lack phase two nutrients, you are potentially creating more havoc than help. Um, So you're going to start to get more damage, more oxidative stress in the body because you've activated toxins that were once dormant. And now these reactive molecules are much more toxic than they were when they were safely stored in the body fat. And if they're not conjugated in this phase two encapsulation excretion, we can actually see damage to cells all the way down to the level of our DNA and RNA. And this is where we can see a huge influence of the phase two detox supporting nutrients in preventing tumor growth and working to reduce cancer. Um, And that's because they play a vital role in this excretion and safely encapsulating the once harmful activated substances. Totally. And I think that's a super important point to drive home, especially when we're talking about kind of some of the 
I don't know, classical detoxes you might see out there, like a juice cleanse or doing like a 10 day vegan, you know, detox or something like that, you end up with more of that activation and not enough support for that phase two. And that may be something that many of us biochemically, you know, lack um, support for anyway. So, you know, working with um, phase two nutrients and something like our ultimate detox supplement for an ongoing support and actually in the detox packs within our supplement line, um, those packs contain three of the ultimate detox capsules. So knowing that we often need extra support to kind of outweigh uh, that phase one activation support. Yes, absolutely. And so that's why we kind of put a, of, of the five capsules, there is one antioxidant blend, which is going to protect against that oxidative damage that can occur when we liberate these toxins. Then there is a liver gallbladder formula that also provides the nutrients required for that phase one activation and stimulating the liver process. And then there's, yes, three of the ultimate detox in each pack. And just to say out loud now, we can repeat as we get to the wrap up, but the ultimate detox supplement itself, and because it's so present in the packs, has a very sulfurous <laughs> <Yes>. odor. <laughs> I've had a couple, you know, emails where people are like, has it gone bad? Mm -hmm, totally. And I'm like, no, it's <laughs> supposed to smell like methane gas, essentially, or like a rotten egg. Um, that is those activated sulfur-containing compounds that are going to be heavily warranted to actually support a medical grade detoxification. And this is what stands apart from just simply clean eating. And this is what's often required to, again, really change the oil in the tank of your body. And then, you know, beyond that, I, I, I want to just speak real briefly to phase three or elimination, right? So this is going to be supported really once the uh, liver passes on the activated toxins over into phase two, the liver plays a role with both phase one and phase two. But then we start to look at the other organs involved in the elimination process, which the kidneys play a huge role. The kidneys are going to convert, of course, blood into urine and drive that filtration process. So that plays a huge role with excreting toxins through the urine. Then our skin plays a huge role. So we'll talk later about use of sauna and different activity that can drive lymphatic flow and upregulate sweat, uh, which is an excretion pathway, a way to eliminate toxins. And then through the bile, which I mentioned, which is coming from the liver stored in the gallbladder, but tends to play a big role with excretion through the stool. So our colon, our kidneys, and our skin play a dynamic role of the elimination process once we've supported phase one and phase two enzyme activity. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit more and just dig deeper on um, glutathione and how we can actually boost production in the body and, and maybe some additional support as well in terms of food as medicine and, and supplementation, because this is really, really important as that master antioxidant of the body. And, um, many of us do have SNPs on, um, you know, like our, our GST enzymes and things like that, that would influence us on a genetic level. Yes. So glutathione is extremely powerful with the detox process because it is considered the master antioxidant of the body. In fact, I love to call it the grandmama antioxidant. <laughs> and um, that means that basically in the lineage of antioxidants, which basically what antioxidants do is reduce oxidative damage in the body 
right? And so of that chain, uh, vitamin C is a, uh, you know, kind of the smallest or kid's sister of the antioxidant pathway. And then in the middle there is like CoQ10 and selenium and vitamin E, but glutathione is the top dog and it plays the most dynamic role on detoxification. It plays a role in both phase one and phase two. So you get kind of full coverage with glutathione support. But within phase two, there is, yes, an enzyme pathway called glutathione S-transferase. And uh, this is a phase two enzyme, which requires adding glutathione on to an activated toxin in order to encapsulate and drive that excretion or detoxifying process. So GST enzyme is found in the liver, in the intestines, and really throughout uh, various spots within our peripheral tissues. And it's responsible for detoxifying a large number of pesticides, herbicides, carcinogens, uh, known for detoxifying detoxifying chemotherapy drugs, as well as, um, you know, just the whole world of driving that encapsulation and excretion. So glutathione is really a focused food as medicine support as well, because we really want to make sure that we're getting an abundance of this nutrient when we're looking to upregulate the removal of toxins. Awesome. Okay. And um, what are some ways that we can, in the diet, boost our glutathione production? So glutathione is produced from three uh, compounds, glutamine, cysteine, and glycine. So we'd want to look for foods that are rich in these three nutrients. Uh, so for glutamine, I'd be looking at bone broth as the best source. Um, and, and, you know, what's so cool, again, about food as medicine is you're going to get a synergistic uh, support for your body. So when you bring in bone broth, you're actually getting glycine and glutamine, which is super cool. So two of those focused nutrients to build up glutathione. And then also the bone broth itself is going to protect, of course, your gut lining, right? So in doing so, it's reducing the exposure of toxins because we know with leaky gut or intestinal permeability, there is a higher amount of compounds that cross that gut blood barrier. So you're both foundationally supporting the system to be less uh, susceptible to toxin damage in the body or uh, toxins to cross through that barrier. And then you're also getting the two of the building blocks. And really, there is actually N-acetylcysteine in bone broth as well. So yep. you're actually getting all three <laughs> of the building blocks for glutathione production in bone broth. So that would be a fantastic foundation. And we use bone broth throughout the entire uh, cleanse, the entire 10-day detox protocol. Again, it's a big reason why you can't do a vegan juice cleanse yep. <laughs> to yep. support detoxification. Uh, another food that I'd focus on would be cruciferous vegetables. So these are really rich in cysteine. So we're talking about like Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, uh, broccoli. We'll talk later in a little bit about broccoli sprouts. And I'm really excited to unpack a little bit about like anti-nutrients in plants and why I believe they are a necessity within detox and kind of digging a little bit in, in, into that world of carnivore and detox and what that could look like. But cruciferous vegetables at this point, we'll say very rich in cysteine. So fantastic for boosting glutathione stores. Eggs are fantastic as well. Uh, com, com, 
containing high amounts of the sulfur containing compounds, uh, you know, again, back to that concept of rotten egg and the sulfur within the yolk, but the white of the egg uh, actually has a lot of glycine. So that can be very supportive as well. Eat both the yolk and the white. Uh, pork skin, I'm thinking of like chicharrones. Uh, Becky and I were just together and brought our own little uh, container of chicharrones to eat with our guacamole at a Mexican restaurant. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anytime you're getting bone in skin on protein, so like uh, any recipe really, I'm always going for like bone in skin on chicken thighs or you name it, you're going to get glycine. And glycine um, is what is potent in the relax and regulate formula of my naturally nourished line. It's that magnesium bisglycinate. And glycine has been shown in studies also as a mood stabilizer as it supports serotonin levels and that neuromuscular relaxation. So it can really get us into that deep restful sleep. Uh, and then I, the last food I would call out is turmeric. Uh, there's been study after study after study that shows that, you know, turmeric uh, consumption reduces uh, our uh, reactive oxygen species or inflammatory pathways in the body. Curcuminoids are found to assist in restoring adequate levels of glutathione and also improve the activity of glutathione enzymes. So you get a two-part. Uh, consumption of curcuminoids actually drive endogenous production of glutathione and then um, support the activity of, of the utilization of glutathione within the body. You've got me thinking about the turmeric chicken thighs from the adrenal rehab program that include obviously the bone in skin on chicken thighs plus turmeric plus bone broth. Um, they kind of hit all of those boxes and then you could serve them with like cauliflower rice and, and literally get all of the compounds that you just mentioned. Yeah. Doesn't attended detox sound dreamy right now, it you does. guys? <laughs> I promise you, it can be warming, delicious, nutrient-dense foods and um, really have you in a reset point without dealing with hanger and, you know, green juices and things like that. Don't worry. We don't have to go there. <laughs> totally the opposite of miserable. It's actually pretty great. <laughs> yes. Okay. What about supplemental support for glutathione, um, both things from our line and um if we could touch a little bit on um, forms of glutathione, because I know there's a lot of debate about use of like the liposomal form. I know that you use a um, topical form for Stella to support her detox process. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about that. Yes. Great question. So Glutathione is now being accepted, I believe, you know, more and more in mainstream medicine. And so with that, you know, often the marketplace gets inundated with all sorts of products and formulas out there. And we've seen a huge rise of liposomal glutathione products, as well as the use of IV glutathione. Uh, so my favorite form of glutathione, and I think research still continues to support, is acetyl glutathione. So our cellular antiox in the Naturally Nourished Supplement line has S-acetyl glutathione, as well as N-acetylcysteine, which is, again, cysteine being that precursor, and then B6, which aids in that conversion process. And acetylglutathione is orally active, unlike a, you know, just plain, if you just see the word glutathione on a supplement. And the acetylated form is stable in the intestines, and um, it's going to be delivered to the cells uh, intracellularly. And so, 
plain glutathione is, or, or including also liposomal or intravenous use, which would be through an IV drip, like a Myers cocktail, if you name it, these forms, plain and, and um, liposomal and IV, are all broken down by enzymes um, to the basic amino acid components for absorption into our cells. And then they have to be reconstructed actually back into reversed glutathione. And so when we're looking at this, there's actually in research studies, they've done comparisons to IV and liposomal and found that the acetylated form has increased absorbability, increased intracellular activity, um, and also is going to replenish glutathione intracellularly more directly without excess energy expenditure. It's a lot of work to do that acetylation process. Um, and then, like I said, they've done actually studies comparing specific to liposomal and IV and have found increased presence um, with the acetylated form. And acetylglutathione itself is actually more lipophilic than just straight up glutathione. So you are getting some of that impact of it being more fat soluble and really important, obviously, that if we're investing in this grand mama master antioxidant that we're getting in the most bioavailable form. So long story short, acetylated, S-acetylated glutathione is the best form, uh, even more money in the bank if you're com combining that with the B6 and the N-acetylcysteine like cellular antioxidants does. Um, so that's a great supplement form to boost your glutathione levels. And then when we're looking at a uh, supplement, I mentioned also the glycine as a, a contributing factor to boost glutathione. And that would be looking at our relax and regulate, which has that magnesium bisglycinate form as well as myo inositol. And I won't go deeper into that because we talk about that. I feel like in so many podcasts, that's the number one naturally nourished supplement. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, super turmeric. And I know you and I can't live on a desert island without it. So nope. I figure out how to grow, <laughs> relax and regulate trees somewhere. But uh, super turmeric, I'll just speak to real briefly because there's also so many curcuminoid and, um, you know, turmeric supplements out there. What you want to look for is an active uh, formula as far as the amount of milligrams that you're taking in and the bioavailability within the cells again. So what's unique about super turmeric is each capsule has one gram of curcuminoid. So you're getting one gram, which is a thousand milligrams per capsule of super turmeric. And it's paired with turmeric oil. And that emulsification, the delivery of pairing turmeric oil, which has the fatty compounds, also with the dried curcuminoids, creates a bioavailability that is four to six times greater measured in humans' intracellular levels uh, compared to a gram of dried curcuminoids, even formulas that are mixed with biopurine. And biopurine is the active ingredient in black pepper. That's why traditional Ayurvedic approaches will do turmeric with black pepper. And I do that culinary uh, in my cooking in the kitchen. But as a supplement form, the super turmeric is superior incorporating the turmeric oil. Okay. Really good to know. And, you know, we can't say enough like why you don't want to just go to your CVS and pick up turmeric or glutathione or something like that just off the shelf without knowing anything about source or dosage or form. Um, and that's why we do all the vetting for you in our naturally nourished supplement line. 
Ugh, and the trend of IVs yeah. just for yeah. a moment. Yeah, um, let's let's dive on that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many like of my high end celebrity clients love to get their Myers cocktails or you know do their little like drive up IVs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, it's really terrible. I mean, the types of B twelve in IV formulations is cyanocobalamin, so not methylated. Uh, we see across the board usually less bioavailable forms of nutrient, like the glutathione is just glutathione. It's not acetylated. Um, and then, you know, again, we just have seen that intravenously things are better generally speaking, my opinion is that when we're looking at functional integrative medicine, we're looking at allowing, again, the liver to do the work, to conjugate, to convert these nutrients and really absorbing along the intestinal villi or, you know, sublingually like under the tongue into our capillaries, but getting into the bloodstream, uh, the nutrient that then the liver is able to modify as opposed to going right intravenous. I feel like just the, the, the tell of time and just how the body functions, it, it makes more sense. But but I've seen a lot of crap formulations in a lot of the IVs and then there's carriers, there's additives. So that's not good either. Yeah. And I've had clients who are doing like a, a weekly B12 shot or something like that. I'm like, I need you to show me a label of what they're giving you. And, and you know, nine times out of 10, I think it is always cyanocobalamin. I'm like, that is not, this is not good. You're better off doing our B12 boost, yep. which is sublingual yep. under yep. the tongue, methylated B12, a more bioavailable form and a pretty potent dosage. Yeah. And I anyway. walked into one of those IV clinics and I was like, what are the forms of nutrients? Can you show me the label? They're like, we don't know, but it's good for you. It's good for a detox. I'm like, that's not selling it to me or hopefully me. anyone else. <laughs> but unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so speaking of just kind of another little trend in this space, I guess, um, if you will, and I know we're going to do a, a podcast upcoming a little bit deeper on this topic, but just going back to talking about those compounds of um, glutamine, cysteine, glycine that you mentioned, a lot of which are um, much more prevalent in animal products. Um, let's just talk a little bit on the topic of plants, friend or foe. I know we did a whole episode on this, but I just want to see kind of where, if you're evolving at all in terms of the anti-nutrient speak um, and where you feel um, a carnivore approach fits into um, kind of a, a real food detox or do we need plants for detox? Okay. I love this question, but yes, this is uh something that we could talk on for a really long period of time. <laughs> we have one episode called In Defense of Vegetables, and I don't know the number, but Becky will put it in the show notes. And this was, you know, in light after uh, Plant Paradox and, you know, some of the uh, work of Dr. Gundry on um, lectins and anti-nutrients. And yeah, now in the keto space, of course, there's a huge rev of the carnivore approach, and we will do an entire episode on that. Um, but just in a, in a nutshell... I kind of go back to this idea of mitohormesis or hormesis in general. And hormesis, as I've discussed with like allostatic load, right? What we're looking at is a stressor driving resilience or improved outcomes in that individual. So that's where there's that you can overstress the body and drive depletion or breakdown or damage, or you can stress the body to make it stronger. And that's where we look at things like intermittent fasting, the ketogenic diet, uh, temperature variances like cold therapy and uh, use of sauna and so forth. 
So the ketogenic diet drives a process of mitohormesis, which is essentially a stressor inducing mitochondrial production of antioxidants, enhancing performance. And so because the ketogenic diet has a different metabolic approach than a standard diet, which would allow the body to just run on glucose, making the body work harder to produce ketones actually reduces oxidative stress in the body and enhances our energy production in the body. So um, phytocompounds or plant-based compounds have flavonoids and um, other active antioxidants within the plant matter. Now, flavonoids, when you speak to someone um, on anti-nutrients, flavonoids are generally more accepted. And this is within the concept that, you know, fruits are made to be eaten. I've heard people say that, um, well, fruits are made to be eaten, but other parts of plant matter should not be which is kind of interesting because, you know, like when you talk botanically about a fruit, this also includes like the solanine family, mm -hmm. right? Bell peppers and tomatoes. And I've actually clinically seen a lot more um, autoimmune influence from those foods than for, for instance, leafy greens. So regardless of, of how you, you dice it, there's some people that state that there are, you know, anti-nutrients such as, which I acknowledge anti-nutrients and I am on board with this concept. There are oxalates, phytates, lectins, as I mentioned before, solanine and other plant matter that serve as anti-nutrients to basically protect the plant from being completely diminished by the predator because the plant can't run away. It creates these shields. Now the question is, can that shield provoke hormetic effect in the individual that's consuming it. And I would argue that, yes, it does. Um, I would argue that there's hundreds, you know, if, if we're talking about a compound like curcuminoid, right, the active uh, bio compound in turmeric, or if we're talking about sulforaphane and its precursor, you know, glucoraphane in, in broccoli, right? The, there's 500 plus medical literature studies conducted on these plant compounds. And as some in the carnivore camp would state that these are all toxic um, and kind of put a blinder effect on, um, you know, that idea of these being anti-nutrients. My perspective is that if these compounds, whether we want to call them a stressor and acknowledge them as toxic or whether we just want to call them therapeutic, the end of the day is if they stimulate endogenous production of antioxidants, meaning eating this makes my body produce more, for instance, glutathione, right? then I believe that the end outcome in most individuals will be enhanced functionality and I'm all for it. Now, this is, I would say, to be fair, somewhat dependent on the focus and goals of the individual as well as the gut integrity or the level of damage of that individual's gut and the level of their microbiome activity. So as we've spoke on before, you know, there's a place for the carnivore diet. There's a place for just doing a bone broth fast. Uh, there's a place for resting the gut from plant matter because I do acknowledge plant matter can be a stressor. But once we've repaired leaky gut, once we have supported a reset of the microbiome and we're therapeutically supporting a symbiotic environment, I just think there's too much compelling data as well as the clinical outcomes that I've seen with my thousands of patients and within my own body of the benefit of anti-inflammatory, antioxidant-rich bio compounds from plant matter.
Plus, it just makes things more interesting on a culinary level. Texture. I agree. Colors, texture, all of that goodness. Um, But so you'd be pro-carnivore then for like a six-week potentially period where someone's going through um, just either, you know, extreme inflammation or um, an IBD flare-up or even during um, a gut cleanse where we're really working with, you know, we have known um, pathogens that, you know, the individual just can't tolerate a whole lot of plants. That's when we would ideally, you know, pull some of those out and slowly reintroduce. Totally. But to be fair, I mean, for instance, if we're talking back to like broccoli sprout or whatnot, sulforaphane has again, compelling research on its broad spectrum antimicrobial activity. And if we're talking about a gut cleanse, Becky, it's like, what are we using? Berberine. What are we using? Grapefruit seed extract. These are plant-based botanicals. I mean, sulforaphane has been shown in study after study, um, most notably to help to kill off H. pylori, which is a very antibiotic resistant compound. So I I think that there's a place for them, maybe not in a whole food high volume intake, but maybe even in synergy of doing a a microbiome cleanse. Um, I I just think that there's there's too much positive effects that that we can see. Totally. And and so for an individual who doesn't tolerate like those sulforaphane rich vegetables like broccoli and things like that, they might be a really good candidate for our Brocco detox as a supplemental support. This is our go-to for cancer care, cardiovascular health, hormone balance, and and as you're saying now, actually could have um, beneficial outcomes even in in H. pylori and gut dysbiosis. Absolutely. As well as, of course, detoxification, (laughs) right? (laughs) Hence the name Brocco detox. So yeah, the, the dance with that is that Um, when we're looking at uh, broccoli and its active compounds, Brocco Detox is going to feature brassinase, which is a combination of the ingredients within broccoli that supply amounts of the glucoraphanin and also the active enzyme myrosinase. And this is what helps to support sulforaphane production. And this is what serves as a potent activator of your body's own antioxidant and detoxifying enzyme pathways. So a lot of the uh, health research studies that we see on broccoli are very dependent on the gut microbiome because it is up to the gut bacteria to activate some of these enzymes. And uh, when when we were looking at formulations of a best food as medicine support for detox, Brocco Detox was selected because of the presence of that enzyme within the synergy of the product. So there's actually whole broccoli seed extract to provide the glucoraphanin. And then there's also the sprout and flower powder, which are combined with that myrosinase enzyme activity. So that would be a great supplement potentially to add on to your 10-day detox or just as an ongoing post-detox, especially if you have family history or personal history of like an estrogenic cancer, for example. Absolutely. So let's go forward with our uh, sponsor for today uh, before we go into some lifestyle and other nutrient influence is of detoxification. Uh, Further food. Yes. So we absolutely love further food. And speaking of glycine and glutamine and all of those amazing compounds, um, their products are high quality collagen and gelatin that you can use to supplement your whole food 
food as medicine diet and during your detox process as well. Their collagen and gelatin are grass-fed, pasture-raised, or in the case of their cod collagen, which is great for those who have an intolerance to beef or more of a pescatarian approach, uh, is wild-caught. And they're also non-GMO, hormone-free, and antibiotic-free. And we just love what the further food community is up to in terms of sharing the food as medicine message and working with functional medicine doctors and RDs like ourselves, nutritionists, and, and just health heroes who share expertise on their site and provide that little bit of extra knowledge in this sphere. Yes. And I was super grateful to have Further Food as a gold level sponsor for my book tour. Everyone that has come to see me speak was able to get a sample of their collagen peptides, the grass-fed collagen peptides. And I love that they have them available for purchase as well in a single serving. So these are great to throw into your briefcase, your diaper bag, you name it as a great way to add to like a green tea um, on the go and really add not only protein, but therapeutic compounds for gut health, as well as our connective tissue, hair, skin, nails. Becky and I have talked on the benefits of collagen with an entire podcast episode <laughs> with tons of research. And we're talking like double blind placebo studies, looking at anything from cellulite uh, all the way to vascular integrity, repair for pressure ulcers. So collagen and gelatin are also great foods for you listeners that have aging parents in the elderly population, a great way to maintain that integrity as we all start to lose collagen in our mid twenties, yep. it's sad yep. to say. <laughs> Starting, it's already started. <laughs> yep. We can see it in our faces. Yep. I know, yep. I know. Yep. Um, so I have fully um, been using only further food as my brand of choice for the last two plus years. And I use collagen or gelatin on a daily level. I love to incorporate it into my fat-fueled coffee or matcha in the morning. Um, I also incorporate the gelatin into my low-carb uh, chocolate chip cookies, as well as my collagen zucchini uh, muffins, both in the Anti-Anxiety Diet Cookbook. And um, also a huge fan of two of their other products, the Mindful Matcha, which incorporates uh, additional therapeutic compounds like wheatgrass to bump up antioxidant capacity, and the turmeric tonic, which has ashwagandha in there, which is an adaptogen that helps us to be resilient to stress and boosts anti-inflammatory effects. There's also boswellia in there, which is an anti-inflammatory. Um, so awesome synergistic formulas. Love everything that they're putting out there. Go on over to shop.furtherfood.com backslash discount slash Allie Miller RD, or you can just go to furtherfood.com and put Allie Miller RD in at checkout and you will get 10% off your order. Um, also, that's a way for you to vote with your dollar and let you, them know that you heard about them through the Naturally Nourished podcast. So Allie Miller RD at checkout at furtherfood.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I know I personally am ramping up on my gelatin intake and probably will be doing some elderberry gummies for our household. And hopefully you're doing those for Stella after her All little immune bout. Yeah. Um, past and this is like the season of like yep, pumpkin panna cotta yep. and all of those things. So yes, totally. It's happening. Awesome. Okay. So beyond the um, broccoli sprouts and, and Brocco Detox with sulforaphane. Um, let's talk about some other nutrient influencers or drivers of detox that we can find in the diet. 
Yeah. So like I said, you know, bioflavonoids include the family of anthocyanins, flavonones, isoflavonones, uh, you know, quercetin. Um, so our bio C plus very cool in the sense that we've discussed before, um, beyond having bioavailable form of vitamin C, it also incorporates the compounds that are in the peel. So we're talking about, um, I can never see that one. Hepcern, hep, and quercetin. Um, I don't think I can be on any help on that one, actually. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but they're the active bioflavonoids within citrus that have been shown to be very anti-inflammatory. You know, a lot of these compounds are what contribute color in the skins of our fruits and vegetables and have been shown in study after study to have potent antioxidant effects, reduce inflammation, uh, stop the growth of tumor cells. And then we see particular compounds like in the quercetin to reduce allergy impact, um, viral influence, um, and support joint function so much more. Um, so I look for a variety of color within the 10 day detox we also focus on, of course, strategic families of produce, like the sulfur-containing compounds. So we're looking at our cruciferous vegetables. We incorporate leafy greens because leafy greens, just like your leaves on a tree, have the whole rainbow of color within their potentiality. So you're getting a nice broad spectrum of phytocompounds there. We incorporate berries for those anthocyanins, um, which have been shown to really protect against free radical overload in the body. And then um, I was just doing a webinar uh, on cancer care and a lot of the work that I did with MD Anderson as far as uh, the research study I put together for stage three breast cancer. And, um, you know, we've, I've talked maybe in past episodes about like Nobelin, which is another citrus derived compound uh, that's been shown to reduce estrogenic cancers in the body. So another thing that would be naturally within our bio C plus, but that's also why I'm a huge proponent of incorporating citrus zest in so many of my recipes. We talk about that a lot in adrenal rehab also, because it's a great way to boost up your vitamin C to regulate your cortisol. Um, but tea also kind of deserves its own category of focus. Uh, there was a big research study that was done on a population where they saw only a 7% recurrent rate of cancer in the flavonoid group and 47% recurrence in those that did not incorporate flavonoids. And they used um, epigenin and epigalacadin, which is the e EGCG compound from green tea. And we see in studies from Japan and other spaces that, you know, it's somewhere around eight to 10 cups of green tea can reduce, uh, can enhance your life expectancy or reduce your risk of mortality by about that relevant amount of, of years, if you will, in general. It's a good reminder to step up my green tea <laughs> consumption. Yeah. Um, I've been loving peak tea recently, yeah. especially their little convenient packets um, for this season, doing it hot or cold. But let's talk a little bit about um, beyond the benefits of, of tea and green tea, just some of the concerns with tea in the market and why this matters to supporting your detox process. Yeah. So I started upping my tea consumption, you know, over the past 
gosh, like eight years since I started doing a lot of the, the cancer research stuff. And what was discern, dis, what was concerning to me was uh, mold being found in um, teas as well as toxins in the bags themselves. So you could be buying an organic green tea, but then there's usually chlorine and other like bleach in the tea bags themselves, which can disrupt the microbiome as well as other toxic compounds. So I was super stoked when I started to learn about peak tea because they have a patented extraction process and you actually retain all of the antioxidants without having to use something to steep. You just actually have these tea crystals, if you will. Um, so you're by bypassing that toxic element. Also in the crystallization process, of course, they uh, comb for and test for uh, toxic metals as well as mold or fungal activity. So another kind of double check on that base. And um, what's really fun is they're so easy to use in both hot and cold. A lot of them will note whether they're just for hot or hot and cold. The jasmine green is probably my favorite and you get more bioavailability when they're in this crystallized form. So they're easy, they're effective, and they're pure, which is really awesome. And all of them are certified organic. Um, so I did contact them uh, prior to this episode to see if I could get you guys a, a discount code. And I did. You can use Allie Miller RD for 10% off your order. And they like never have discount codes. So definitely. Uh, take them up on that. It's um, peak T P I Q U E T E A dot life slash alley. If you're looking to use their website and then you put Allie Miller RD in your checkout and you'll get 10% off your order. I also love their vanilla rooibos. Oh yeah. Yep. Super dreamy and indulgent, especially like when we're looking at supporting detoxification. Rooibos is caffeine-free, really high ORAC score, and that's its score of antioxidant capacity. Um, and rooibos has also been shown to be very anti-aging for that reason because, again, all of the oxidative stress, we can see it in our skin. <laughs> and not that we're just doing this for cosmetic effects, but that sometimes is why we make health supporting changes. So. Totally. <laughs> Or at least an added benefit. Absolutely love them. And I'll include that link and that coupon code in the show notes for today's episode, along with a blog post we did probably a year ago now on, on the benefits of tea. Yeah. And you know, tea can support appetite regulation, which is also yeah. important as we go into the holiday season. And we're finding ourselves like overstimulated by the break room and all of the treats everywhere. So a really good thing to layer on to intermittent fasting or to even consume midday or in the evening as, you know, an option instead of food. Totally. Such a good way to prolong a fast. And sometimes you don't need food. You just need a little bit of hydration and something to distract you. So Yes, totally perfect. Um, walk around the block, yes. phone a friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or some peak tea. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit more about um, keto and kind of how that overlaps with a detox protocol. Um, so maybe talking a little bit about why the type of keto you do matters, your thoughts on dirty keto, and then how our 10-day detox has both a keto and non-keto track. Okay. A lot to unpack there. So, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so dirty keto is better than standard American diet, I would say, because metabolically you're not driving the insulin resistance. You're not driving just overall as, as much metabolic stress of, of dynamically elevated blood sugar levels. So you're not taxing that process. You're also not going to be in as much of a, a position to 
may, to increase body fat storage. Um, so better, I would say. But with that being said, I would always select paleo over dirty keto if I had to choose. Um, and what dirty keto essentially means is like eating fast food burgers, um, like like going to um, McDonald's or Whataburger or whatever it's called in your area, and you know having like seven patties with with a chemical shitstorm called quote unquote mm-hmm. air quote cheese. Um, and when we look at these ingredients, we're looking at 20 plus things. We're looking at additives, preservatives, um, yep, just chemical shit storms that don't belong in the body. So that's still going to be metabolically taxing and over time it will catch up with you. And as far as risk for autoimmune, uh, neurological and hormonal health, none of these things are going to be serving your body. So, uh, even to the level of like a dirty mayo, right? So a, a, a dirty keto doesn't care about, you know, mayo as long as it doesn't have that God forbid word sugar on it, but apparently it can be comprised of industrialized oils and like like things like rapeseed, which is AKA canola oil, um, you know, and uh, soybean oil and so many other garbage things that don't belong in the body. If we're doing a ketogenic diet, we want to make sure we have whole food forms of fats because that's what really maintain and make our hormones as well as our cellular integrity. Uh, So clean eating is, is, I would say, absolutely essential. And it's okay. This isn't, I'm not here to shame you. It's just that if that's how you got into your initial weight loss, that means that you have a lot more work on the detox process to clean up if you're eating copious amounts of, of these processed products. So- I mentioned earlier in that episode 84, we go deep into, again, if your body's upregulated fat loss through a ketogenic diet, this is a really important approach to do nutritional detoxification because, again, your fat cells have liberated toxins and now they may be interfering with your neurological or hormonal function and that may be tripping up your progress. So with everyone, the 10-day detox has two protocols. It does have a ketogenic and a low glycemic support. Uh, So this could be a time that you might choose to play with liberalizing your carb carb intake if you are doing keto to see how you'd feel in more of a paleo approach, see if that pushes a reset button. And then when you go deeper into nutritional ketosis, you ring back out, or you might choose to, if you are very, um, you know, metabolically quote unquote handicapped and dealing with still some insulin resistance and uh, very uh, susceptible to, to sugar intake, and you don't want to incorporate starchy vegetables or any forms of fruit, you can still do a tight keto approach. My 10 day detox gives you two options there. Yes. But all, go ahead. I was just going to say that was a need we saw because um, the detox protocol has been around for quite some time, um, uh-huh. but a need that we saw and, and kind of changed it up. We've now coded recipes as um, keto-friendly within that protocol and provided you blog links or um, cookbook recipes of substitutions of how you can stay keto and still reap all of the benefits. Yes. And then regardless, I want you to still have high fiber during a detox. So again, not going to unpack the the carnivore approach of fiber isn't necessary to feed the microbiome. Microbiome aside, um, which that'll be in the next episode, <laughs> microbiome aside, fiber is absolutely essential to bind, okay? And so the colon is your beyond the liver. The colon is, again, that secondary tissue that p- plays a role with excretion. 
So we want fiber to bind excess estrogen in the body. We want fiber to bind these um, compounds from our petrochemicals. Um, We want fiber to create that bowel mass and to aid in that excretion process. So I do aim for like 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day, and that might take your total carbs up, obviously, but you can still do a little bit of a lower fiber intake if you want to follow that tighter keto approach. But either way, you're going to be upping your fiber from where your baseline is during my 10-day detox protocol. You're going to be consuming clean protein throughout the entire process, so hormone-free, antibiotic-free, pasture-raised proteins, getting at least 60 to 80 grams a day, give or take. We're going to be looking at increasing your fluid intake, so half of your body weight in fluid ounces of water, trying to separate your drinking from mealtime so you don't dilute your stomach acid. And what's really cool and unique about my 10-day detox is it goes into really resetting your metabolism. Um, It goes into restoring your digestive health. So we uh, emphasize the importance of consuming raw foods like herbs and slaws and salads, which stimulate digestive enzymes. We incorporate probiotic-rich foods to support the microbiome, like your kombucha, your Krauts, your kimchi. Um, And then, you know, that last R is to focus on renewing your cellular health. And that's where we really emphasize all of those phase two detox supporting foods. And really note that the supplementation is the essential piece that actually makes it a medical grade detox on a biochemical level. Yes, absolutely. And I love doing this protocol because I get reminded of recipes that maybe I haven't touched in a while. Um, Like that amazing. I think the Rossum kale salad with the massaged avocado and cumin in there. And I probably like wouldn't make that just for whatever reason, got away from it. And and I get reminded of like all these awesome abundance of, of flavors and detox supporting nutrients. And then that's a whole like new lens once I transition out of the detox of recipes I can continue to incorporate. Yes. I always say every time you do a 10-day detox, you should think of one thing that you've learned that you keep in um, and one thing that you've you know experienced that you keep out. And it just kind of continues to layer if you semi-annually or quarterly do this protocol because you keep just moving your you know space further into clean clean eating and what you define as that. Exactly. And that's where, you know, some of the lifestyle support in the ebook and protocol can come in as well. Let's just share a little bit on ways to, you know, beyond the diet, support your body during the detox and, and just ongoing. Yes. So hydrotherapy is one of the best ways or temperature therapy, I should say, is one of the best ways to enhance lymphatic flow. So the idea is your liver and kidneys are, you know, filtering this blood and you want to upregulate the movement. So you want to upregulate hydration status, but also constriction and vasodilation. So temperature change does a really fantastic job at that. Uh, hydrotherapy, or um, you could do cold water bath would be an option, or you could be in the shower and take as hot to tolerance of the shower and then pushing to cold as tolerated where you're probably going to yelp and you're creating this lymphatic pumping or flow. But I find that the most enjoyable form of temperature therapy to support lifestyle is sauna. Sweating is one of, (laughs) yeah, sweating is one of the body's safest and most natural ways to really heal and maintain good health. 
you know, when you're in a sauna, especially infrared sauna, um, which is really important, your body's going to expel toxic substances. Um, I'm a huge proponent of sunlight and saunas, and they've actually done clinical studies showing that their model may be up to seven times more effective at helping your body detoxify than a traditional sauna. And this is because they have these patented solo carbon far infrared heating technology um, compounds within within their structure. So it's the only technology that's actually been proven to raise core body temperature. Like so from the inside out, essentially, you're seeing a two to three degree variance within the body. And that hormetic stressor, again, <laughs> is what drives your body to upregulate detoxification. Um, so check out Sunlight and Saunas. They're at sunlighten.com. Um, if you put in Allie Miller RD or reference that when you're talking to one of their sales reps, you'll also get 10% off, which is pretty significant because that's one of our baller gifts <laughs> of our gift guide. You know, they are a couple thousand dollars, um, but they're beautiful. They're non-toxic. They are effective and such a fantastic way to start or end your day. When are you getting your sauna, Allie? Uh, it's cool. actually in the works. Okay. Uh, good. Yes. My <laughs> office is being remodeled right now in the new house. And um, I think I'm putting it in the garage though. We're, we're kind of discussing that back and forth, but yes. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to reap the benefits of that until I can get my own. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next one I would list is gentle movement. So of course you maintain lymphatic flow through exercise. So if feeling up to it and your adrenals are set, you might do really well with like a HIIT training to shake up the body. Weight bearing exercise would be fantastic, but also gentle movement, like um, getting into that parasympathetic flow with yoga and walking, you know, um, moving the body is going to drive fluidity and upregulate detoxification. Really great practice to maintain. Uh, to support the liver, I already mentioned those leafy greens and bile drivers, but two things you might consider is apple cider vinegar shooter or our lemon turmeric shooter. We'll link the uh, recipe on here from today's episode. Great ways to stimulate that bile flow. And then uh, let's talk about cleaners, Becky, because that's a big one as well. A lot of people, you know, I, I have switched over for the last, I think like now five years to branch basics. Um, you know, this is a household cleaner that often people don't know that their cleaning products are endocrine disruptors mm -hmm. themselves and can be microbiome stressors. Totally. And, and just, you know, when my cleaning ladies don't use my products, it drives me absolutely crazy if I walk in and I smell bleach or something like that. That's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> just fragrance on every surface. I'm like, I need to re-clean. Um, but we did a, a whole blog post on this. I think it was last year that I'll link in our show notes of some of our other um, top kind of swap outs for the households, you know, beyond even uh, just cleaners like laundry detergent and things like that, that we don't necessarily think of. Yep. We just uh, bought our second organic mattress in our household. Um, I think this one's called Savoy something. I'll have to try to link that in today's notes too. We're really enjoying it. Um, and the other one's Organopedic. Um, so we can, we can put some of those there. But uh, Branch Basics is the cleaning product that I use in my household. 
Uh, it's basically a concentrated solution that you get to dilute for different materials of your household. So, so you dilute it, you know, more so for glass than you would, for instance, countertops or bathrooms. It's human safe. It's plant and mineral based, biodegradable, uh, uses non-GMO sourcing and um, is only available online. Um, so you can go to Branch Basics uh, website and put in Allie Miller RD. You'll get 20% off the starter kit. And I mean, this stuff is so safe that I actually have Stella use it. We have so many windows in our new home. And, um, you know, I'm all about kind of autonomy and, and her figuring out the guides of the house. And she just like a three and a half year old toddler loves to like put her hands, the gummy hands <laughs> and mouth on all the surfaces. And so literally I keep a branch basics bottle. I love that under my sink. I don't have to have anything to lock my sink because nothing is toxic in my household. And she literally, I'll be like, Oh, Stella, did you make that handprint? And she'll go, yep. Looks like it's time for me to do some cleaning. And <laughs> she'll go into, you know, under the sink, grab the branch basics and be like, Mama, is it this one? And yep, it's the green one, the all purpose. And, um, you know, she'll spray it and she has her little rag and wipes it. And it's like a great way of like, you made that mess. Now you clean it up and we're good. Then I can handle it. That's so awesome. And, and all of these um, resources I'll make sure are linked in our show notes for today. So, so, so many good companies out there that are doing the right thing. Um, and we're happy to like guide you guys in that process of, of cleaning up your home environment, you know, while you do your detox, this is a great time to go under that sink and toss anything that, you know, you don't know what the ingredients are. Um, same thing with maybe your, um, beauty, um, or, you know, your fridge pantry, et cetera. It's a really good time to kind of do a whole household cleanup. Detox the house. Yes. yes. I think I may have over Tom Sawyered the, the wiping with Stells because now I'm thinking she's maybe making handprints to clean. Cause mm. clean. Yep. They'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's just jive real quick on some recipes. Yeah. So you mentioned the Rossum kale salad, which I also love. And you're right. I don't think I've made it since my last detox. So mm -hmm. it's going on the list. Um, cauliflower chowder we're making tonight in my household. I demo that in the adrenal rehab program. It is phenomenal. If you can eat a cauliflower soup with bacon on top yeah. and your practitioner or health guru still calls it a 10 day detox, <laughs> you are winning. So I made it last week. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And then for all of you, again, resources out there, if you're listening to this outside of, you know, the timeline of the holiday season in 2019, if you're listening to it current time, I will be doing a free webinar on December 2nd at 7 PM. Link will be in today's show notes. Um, also we'll do some social swipes. And if you're listening at another time, there's always the 10 day detox ebook. If you go under books and programs at AllieMillerRD.com, you can purchase the detox supplements along with the ebook and the virtual class. Awesome. And then this is also a good time to probably mention after the detox, because it's always like you want to have something to kind of, you know, live into or, or a future to look forward to. Um, it would be a good time to, to set yourself up for success in the new year and um, hop on our virtual keto program, which will start on January 8th. Yes. That's a 12 week program, super detail oriented, whether you are keto curious or you are a keto, I don't know, Victor, or I don't know, 
vet veteran. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> uh, this is a great way to just like really layer your keto to be food as medicine. And also it's like all of my functional medicine approach in a formal classroom environment. It's live classes. They are recorded though, so you can re-listen to them, but it's really a great way. If you're into this geeky stuff and you haven't done my 12-week food as medicine virtual ketosis program, you need to snag a spot. Keep your eyes open on Black Friday. Just yes, a little yep, definitely. And we will be revamping the program even for those who have done it before, doing a pretty substantial rehaul um, before this next program launches. Yes. Do you want to do rapid fire? Yeah, but I only get 30 seconds per answer. Okay. Okay. That's our rules and I'm sticking to, I'm going to set a timer. Um, <laughs> okay. We'll hit a couple of rapid fires before we let you guys go. There's been so much good information so far. So um, bear with us for another couple of moments. Um, why not a juice cleanse in 30 seconds or less? Because it's lacking phase two enzyme support and it's not pleasant. <laughs> That's such a good answer. I call it taking a bath in dirty bath water. You don't want to do that because you don't have that phase two. <laughs> phase one activity. Yep. Yeah. No one juices garlic and um, meat unless it's a bone broth juice cleanse, but that's <laughs> episode. Okay. What should someone expect as side effects or symptoms when they're doing things right? Yeah. So actually, and this is the variance of if you're doing a uh, supplement supported detox, if you're just eating clean, great. That could be a good reset button for you. But when you're taking the reset, restore, renew detox packs, and we've already kind of discussed those, you're going to get a little bit of um, myalgia, a little bit of like muscle aches, kind of like a pre-flu like symptom. And that's actually your body getting into that stagnant tissue of where the toxins were stored and upregulating, liberating and encapsulating and excreting might get a little bit of a dull headache, a little bit of fatigue. But once you get over the bell curve of those 10 days and you're on day five plus, you should be feeling rock and roll and ending day 10, like a million bucks. And you'll probably pee a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot of diuretic effect too. Yep. Yes. Um, should you see weight loss? Should not see bowel changes to be fair. Yeah. Diuretic um, urine. Just pee. <laughs> um, should you see weight loss during a detox? Absolutely, because toxins inhibit your weight loss process, right? Um, you also do have to be in a state of calorie restriction to be catabolic or in a tissue breakdown mode to upregulate the release. Awesome. What if I already eat clean or do keto? Do I still need this? And how can I kind of change it up and, and get even more benefit? Yes, because as Becky is as Becky and I both said, both of us learn something new about ourselves or, you know, re-fall in love with an old recipe or a food that we've neglected to eat for a period of time. It's a great way to reconnect with your body. It's a great way to upregulate the liver and the kidneys and support hormones, neurological health, immune health, and metabolic health. Awesome. And last question, why are supplements required? Supplements are required because you need an upregulation up of the phase one and phase two activity. Just eating clean will support the, the food as medicine element of not taxing your detox processes and providing some abundance, of course, if you're eating strategically and getting these compounds. But the real oil change occurs when you get an abundance of these compounds, which is really required in a supplemental level to actually have a metabolic outcome of detoxification. Absolutely. And I think you stayed under 30 seconds. I wasn't really timing you, but I think you did for all five of those questions. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so thanks so much 
for listening, you guys. Um, again, check out the free webinar. We will go even deeper. How can we? But we will. We'll go even deeper into all of the things. Can't wait to see you all there. And can't wait to do the detox with all of you guys with the Naturally Nourished community and Becky and I participating live December 3rd through December 12th. Go on over to Allie Miller RD. Get your detox packs now. We're going to make this active now so you can have the supplements on hand. So when you listen to the webinar, you can rock and roll with us on December 3rd. The code is DETOX in caps 2019. That's where you'll get 30% off all of any product that incorporates the detox supplements. This is 20% off the list price, which is already discounted. Detox 2019. See you there. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.